They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. But the bye, 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 bye. But the bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come back. Should we get straight in? Yeah, go for it, man. But a bye 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 bye. But a bye 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 bye. But a bye 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 bye. Oh, hello, JD Rainsford. Hello, David Hellard. Oh, mate, how are you? I'm all. I'm okay. I'm all right now. I'm all right now. Yeah, I do. I. I. I well, I think I am. I don't know. I, <laughs> every every time I think I'm all right, I feel I feel just bad again. So I was just I was just um, thinking that this time last year I had. I had uh, gout. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And one year on. I don't know. I don't know if this is. I don't know if COVID is better or not. It's very difficult to tell. It's less painful. It's just yeah. I mean, kind of worse and Hen- different. Henry the Eighth have COVID. Well, or is it just just the gout that <laughs> everyone um, everyone from now on is going to have COVID? COVID is the new. It's going to be the new gout. The do bad is JD's been properly out where we, well, we haven't even really messaged much, have you? Because you mentioned that your son, I think, had got COVID. That's the last time we yeah. actually had a conversation. And now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Now so it's Hugo, hit with a vengeance. Yeah. Hugo, Hugo got COVID. But you couldn't really tell he had COVID. He had like one of those typical. Um, uh, kind of like snotty noses that kids have when they go back to school that everyone has a bug type thing and mm. um, and a, a couple of weeks after going back to school all of it other people in this class were di- uh, were uh, they got covid and so he did a test and he turned out he had covid as well but you couldn't really tell he had covid like there was no no real difference between that and a, a cold for you know in a, in a 6 year old but then the the um, like the kind of rules are because yeah we're all kind of home and stuff like that and he has to stay home. Um, mm. The kind of rules are that you know we can all still go out and stuff. He, you know he has to stay at home, but everyone else is, which which is very weird. I think um, you know obviously they do it because people need to work and stuff. Um, but then it all means that all of us then get COVID a week later. So. <laughs> And so then, yeah, then because I've had it the same time as my daughter. So I basically, like on the Tuesday, I got, uh, I was feeling awful actually on the Friday. Or just all of a sudden, I started feeling really bad. I was thinking, oh, and I, and I did tests and stuff because we've been testing pretty much every day because of, uh, of Hugo. And, uh, and I feel awful. I thought, oh, it's just, it's just a flu. It's just a cold or, or something like that. Um, and then about four or five days later, Frida tested positive. I tested positive and Libby tested positive at the same time. And then just after that, it just kind of went, I just ended up like going to bed for two weeks, basically, and not doing anything or even being able to look at a screen or anything. It's been awful. This is a long term strategy to get your excuses in early for not going sub four at Ibiza Marathon. It's a great, the thing is, the idea of even doing any kind of running or doing any i just is it i mean it's a good it's a good excuse it's a really good excuse um 
I couldn't even do... The thing is, you know when, like, you're ill and you you don't... You just want to be properly ill, but you can't because yeah. you've still got... You've still got to be a parent. You've still got to... Um, you still got to do a bit of work. You still got to do all the other stuff and everything. And so even when, even now when you're ill, you have to do all those other things. I was so ill, I didn't have to do any of those things. I like for the first just, time just, it just heavenly. Must be years and years and years. I have I was so incapable of doing basic stuff. I I've like slept. I've been sleeping like sixteen hours a day. I, I go. I get up. Um, well, I say I wouldn't care. I couldn't even get out of bed for some days, actually. Um, but I'd wake up, I'd look around, I think, oh, this is just too much, and go back to sleep again. And I would, it would be like that. And like, I wouldn't answer the phone. I wouldn't. I just couldn't even respond to messages. It, it's been like that, that bad. Um, and so, yeah. But it, you don't. It, you, do, you never get that anymore. You never get something where it's so mm. bad that you can't do anything at all. And so in many ways it's been, it's been, it's been, well, so it hasn't been nice at all, but in many ways it's been interesting to just see how inconsequential you are, really, when you think you're really important, uh, but everything goes on without you, absolutely fine. <laughs> Kids are happier, doing better in their homework. Well, the worst, the Libby's worst part got a new lease of life. <laughs> well, you know, Libby was feeling terrible as well. She, she was out of, out of quarantine earlier because she had what we now know was to be COVID like a, uh, at the same time as Hugo, but we moved house. And so, um, and originally we were just going to move ourselves and stuff and not get a, not get a, um, a moving firm and stuff like that. And so basically I was you, so you've ill. Moved, just... You've moved somewhere that there's stables in, in the, in the West wing. Is that, <laughs> idea? is that why you've had to move house? Yeah. Yeah. We just needed somewhere slightly bigger to, fit the nine horses that we're going to end up with um but we move house and so <laughs> and i can't do anything at all like nothing at all it, it feels like it all of this is perfect timing from my perspective but i yeah like i literally had to leave the house i go over to my parents where and they've gone away for a couple of days uh, in order for me to be able to basically go to their house and just lie in bed and do nothing uh while well, libby basically oversaw the entire house move um and everything that that went yeah it was just and so yeah so i mean i, I feel incredibly guilty about the fact that i've just literally done nothing for like two weeks oh it means you're gonna miss the christmas party which is the biggest the biggest shame um but the actually the one thing yeah, I, yeah. the other I'm, the other I'm, problem I'm is generally the other problem has arisen directly as a result of you, is that you know I was doing that um, that stride thing, the run an empire thing. Um, yeah. You know, and I was and I was I was slowly dominating uh, Hayward's Heath and and environs. Well, literally after you, after like we talked about it on on the podcast, all of a sudden there seems to be a shitload of challenges who I've never heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> and and while I've while I've been out of action over over two weeks, my empire has been eaten away substantially, uh, and I, I entirely blame that on you, making it clear as to where where my empire was. So I'm 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 slightly disappointed about that. So you're saying there are still there's still elements of you remaining that need to be. There are still there are still you could, you, you still you know, exist. There's still an opportunity to entirely wipe me out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I've, I've yeah. been, I've been, I've been trying to get back into running myself, as you know, the last few weeks, and I've realised that you guys, and when I say you guys, I mean like you, Ali, pretty much half, most of the people I know who train for ultras. God, yeah. you're doing it such a hard way. I hadn't realised <laughs> how much harder. So, I've, in what I mean, way? I've not really been doing. Well, the, the weird thing is, and, and, I, and my, my fear for you is, and I, like this is genuine advice, is like really to take it easy coming back in. You know, Harriet, who's do better, she's been out for a huge amount of time, um, as has a friend of mine, Sam, who I've just been exhausted. She yeah, she had long COVID, like quite, quite dramatically. And it, it's strange, it's, like, she had it at the time when people didn't really understand, well, they still don't understand it now, but... It, it seems almost it, it's like a wave where the tide has come and you get good days and bad days. Um, but I've, I think I'm, I'm fairly convinced, although it's just so hard to tell, that I'm not physically capable of being the runner I have been at the moment because I had COVID, what, two months ago. And yeah. whenever I try and put, put any power in, or we, I was running with Briggsy and we're just jogging up a hill, like jogging up it. And she just pulls away from me um, and I'm really struggling where it should be fine for both of us. But it's, it's really notable. I've got no power, I've got no, no top speed. And so I've not really been able to do intervals, tempos. And those are the things that I've realized. There's almost this this fallacy. I think there's this like self-protecting and slightly just it's easier um, belief that not doing fast work is the easy way like you just go out and you, you jog a bit you do some slow runs and that you train that way but i've realized it's so 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 much harder because then your top pace never increases and just going out for a normal run your your slow pace is your fast pace is your normal pace but it's all the same your the width the width the parameters of your pace is so limited that actually you never really have a truly easy run. Whereas if you do a few tempos, you do a few intervals, and suddenly running slowly is really easy. And it, it opens up running to you in a different way. And I've realized now, like how, that's my, I think that's gonna be my struggle is that I've got all these injuries cropping up and I'm struggling to motivate myself when I know I can't actually train hard. And so what's the point in even trying when I'm never gonna be able to get back to anyway near like i'm not going to get the rewards of training hard anyway so it's yeah but are you like, what are you thinking now for are you just taking it day by day before you run or i can, i i mean at the moment i'm not even thinking about physical stuff i mm. i can't uh, at the moment i get on a like a call for like an hour uh, I got on a call for an hour with a client yesterday and I, <laughs> I had to go back to bed afterwards and like sleep for three hours. Like, <laughs> even that is just like, the idea of, of doing any kind of physical exercise at the moment. Uh, and it, it has been, you know, I, have, I've, I mean, it has literally been since kind of yesterday where it all of the um, the kind of the, the brain fog has, 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 has disappeared. Um, or it's lifted enough for it to it to feel okay. But physically, I I feel like I think I I mean 
listener, this is so true. I, I literally only messaged David again for like first time in two weeks yesterday. Like it was that. It, it has kind of been like that. Um, but my my body feels. Um, it doesn't even feel like it's my body. Like my all my like my bones and my lower legs and stuff feel really hollowed out. It's it's a really weird feeling. Um, and I'm just I just I'm just so tired. Um, not in a I feel exhausted way, but in a just yeah you know, your your body just it doesn't want to do anything. It really doesn't want to do anything. And like walking up the stairs or even getting out of bed or standing up or. All of it just seems like a massive thing. And I don't know whether it's, you know, it, that's going to come back, but it feels as though it's a massive reset. Mm. Uh, like, you know, I was getting back into, you know, over the last like few weeks before this, I was like increasing mileage and, and kind of getting back into it. And, and it, you know, and it kind of like felt like it, it just feels like I take, it's just, a, it's just a massive step back, a massive step back. Uh, and I just, I just don't. Like even the idea of just going out for a walk feels like it's just too much. I just I'm so I'm just so exhausted. Um, I just wonder other people feel like this. I do, I just don't yeah. understand how anyone's actually uh, coping with with anything um, once they've had it. Um, yeah. yeah, do bad. Has anyone yeah. has anyone else had this and come back to running? And and do you feel you've you came back too quickly? Do you feel you came back well? Do you any kind of things or advice that that helped because i think it's probably useful given how many people in the uk are catching covid right now um and how rampant this new variety supposedly is but good news good news i mentioned good so news. i recorded i recorded a bad stuff by myself we've had some we've had quite a few interviews did you? yeah yeah <laughs> how did that go <laughs> um I mean, I wasn't listening to it, so uh, ooh, debatable. <laughs> I, I took it as an opportunity to clear my my partial inbox of stories that haven't okay, really talked brilliant. about. But um, <laughs> I did, did mention you, on. Did you, pretend, did you pretend I was there, or did you kind of just like talk to yourself? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I told them about how how much of a state you're in, basically, and then just went off okay. on some random. And then and then and then plugged quite a few of the books. The half the intention was actually just to remind everyone of the running the running gifts that they can get from our guests who've been on. And uh, but I did mention I did notice on LinkedIn that someone has been nominated for Male Entrepreneur of the Year. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's pretty I mean, big big I mean, news, isn't it? Well, that is pretty big news. Unfortunately, I, mi I missed the ceremony um, because of COVID. No, so, no. I I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't win that. Fortunately. Oh, mate, I could have gone up for you. <laughs> that would have been great. Do you think I it's one of those even, awards that you have to be at to win? Uh, I, I, I do. Th I, I, it would be very cynical for me to suggest that, but I very rarely do they give them to people that aren't there. You, you missed two big interviews as well. We had Band of Brewdog and Tim Noakes. Oh yeah, two. how did that go? Um, well, the Band of Brewdog one was—I mentioned it a little bit on the, the last one I did. It was—it was interesting in that I would say things are interesting. It—it it didn't really work for the first twenty minutes or so. And I think there was a little bit of hesitance because we were talking about running and yeah. 
I don't feel that he felt comfortable talking about his running or being like an expert or being the voice of a, of a runner. I think he oh, felt okay. a little bit, yeah, I think he felt a little bit like, what am I doing here? But it wasn't then, and and, and then it's we st- we we then went on to more of the Brewdog story, and actually then it was great because I don't I know if, I know a bit about Brewdog, but you you only pick up snippets of things in the news, don't you? And so to hear yeah. his view on all these different things, like did you know they had a television show for three seasons in America? No. Yeah, they went out That's there awesome. to. It was their, their their strategy before they'd really launched in America. They were just seeding their brand. Yeah. yeah so there's all these little things like that. He's um, I've challenged him to run a sub 18 5k, and they also have a lot the Lost Forest, which is a forest bought by uh, well made from purchases of Lost Beer. They're going to potentially do a race there. So I've suggested to him the idea of you no know, many moons ago. I'd said I'd love the idea of a race where you have all these decisions like left or right and you don't know what yeah, the distance is yeah. going to be. Some loop back, some loop forward, some are shortcuts, long cuts, some are dead ends. I said, you just got to, it's the lost forest. It has to be, it's got the name already. This would be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. And then at the end of it, you, whoever, whoever there must be some route that is horrifically hard and awful that someone unlucky would get, but they then find this amazing special beer in this beautiful place that no one else knows is there and they have this wonderful little experience that only like five ten people have so i've suggested that to them but the the tim noakes one was good as well because we had our follow-up and i wasn't really sure oh yeah of course of course yes yeah i, I wasn't sure how to, how with, to manage... with an actual expert <laughs> well yeah that, well that was the thing because we we had rainy uh, rainy who was coming in as our she really wanted to talk about particularly um, hormone regulation and the need for, for carbohydrates in that. And, but I didn't, want, I didn't want to start with that because my worry was that you, you're starting with like a head-to-head. And where do you go from there? So we spoke with Tim quite a bit and, and he was really good as usual. But uh, then Rennie came on, really interesting conversation between them where actually they were, they were properly arm wrestling about elements of it. And they both were being polite and they both were actually listening. Um, and it, yeah, I think it was a good draw. And they, they kind of agreed that they, ha- they were looking good, at good. But then at the end, we started going into COVID. And that's where I'd, I'd love. <laughs> and so, so we, we kind of thanked Rini for her, for her contribution. It was, um, and she was great. And we then went over, we then went on to, um, onto COVID and that's where I'd, I'd love to know your feedback and also do bad as your feedback as a listener because I was I wanted to understand and I wanted to explore why you know because he is someone I do respect and who I you know I, I think is a good person and who is is genuinely trying to to to, to do the right thing um so I wanted to understand, but at the same point, I almost was fearful of airing views that could be very damaging for society. And so I don't know whether I got it right. And he, but interestingly, his view was completely different to what I was expecting to do with COVID. And it was more to do with the approach than being, it, it, he's, he's not, he's, he's, he doesn't, in my mind, he, he's not 
a conspiracy theorist in any way. He's just, he thinks the government's approached it wrong. They should be doing this and not that and various other things. But I'd love to know, and I've almost got some regrets now of not actually airing it deeper and probably battling on some, some things he shared because it's some of his expectations of what the government should have done. You're like, well, they're never going to just say, cut out carbs and go to a, a high protein diet as a way of, re, of of dealing with COVID because it's it tends to be no, no, diabetic no, and, and overweight people. Like that that, that no, wouldn't be a good solution. We, we know they never use nutrition as any form of uh, uh, of curbing any anything. So um, yeah, that would have been incredible. Yeah, but I'd love to know your feedback on that one. And um, and and now the question is, how do we how do we keep up this relationship with Brewdog <laughs> in a way that we can be. We we need to we need to Ali Bailey this shit and be best buddies by the uh, by you know in in three months six months time um, that type of thing. Yeah, but there's a lot <laughs> a lot has been going a lot has been going on since in the two weeks you've been away. Like, firstly, I've I I was drunk last night. I. Uh, I had a, <laughs> Is that is that that unusual? Only one night in two weeks. I don't believe. I was that. Dr- I said, not what I, I got. I got drunk. I got on the Instagram. I got excited. So, <laughs> Go on. And I doubled down with Facebook as well. So um, I was trying to think because the running show is coming up quite soon. We want to have. Yeah. We've got budget. We've got an allowance for an American speaker. And unfortunately, uh, Jim Wormsley, he can't be asked quite frankly because it's three flights for him I think he wants to spend some time with his family uh Courtney can't do it this year but trying to think of other people potentially and then I thought Candice Candice Burt we need to get her over she'd be great because she she organizes all the the Moab 240 or the or the 200 pluses she's done kick-ass races herself it's just really fun and cool so I, I did the the but she she's now with a level where she has I don't know 120,000 Instagram followers. You just don't know if any messages ever get through. So did the whole, where you got to come over? Really, I think I've really sold her on it. This morning you wake up, all the rules are changing to do with COVID. So now I don't know whether we can get her over, which is so frustrating because she'd be such a great guest. So, oh, but actual news that's been happening. Um, firstly, Obstacle Race World Champs. Did you see that? The Sp- sorry, Spartan Race World Champs. Oh, go on. They've moved it to Saudi Arabia. Oh, my God. So really? that, I know. I mean, it's Spartan, right? They, they morals aren't. Oh, my God. Like, if you ever want, I, it's like they go out their way to go, how can we come across as more mercenary and giving <laughs> Oh, let's find someone. Wait a minute. Let's look for someone who's trying to sports wash. Oh, God, Saudi have got loads of cash at the moment. Let's, I mean, yeah, Belarusia and, and North Korea were, were busy. Exactly. I know. Yeah, Belarusia, they don't have enough. They don't have enough budget, unfortunately. Otherwise, we'd have gone to them. What the fuck is going on? Do you think, like, does anyone believe Spartan have any, any kind of interest other than financial? <laughs> what do you think? But it made it a really interesting why, race. Why else? Why else would you go to Saudi Arabia? Honestly, what to 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 expand the you know uh, participation? Are women even allowed to do OCR in Saudi Arabia? Like, what oh, the fuck? I, that is a good. I mean, like, I, really, seriously, what the fuck? Yeah, 
I don't know what happened with... I'm speaking to a Saudi Arabian distributor at the moment, so a bit of a hypocrite on this respect. But, um, hmm, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's certainly not the greatest. But in terms of racing, it, it was interesting because it completely changed what Spartan race is about, typically with these huge mountains. And they were, everything was sand. So Ryan Atkins wins. He's never won a Spartans. He's come second in pretty much everything right, for the whole of his second, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he, he, he did a great episode of his a couple of years, a year and a half ago. Um, but yeah, he won his first world champs. But the field was, was almost decimated and torn apart by all these weird decisions because uh, John, John was saying he chose the wrong shoes. So he chose quite aggressive lugs. And it just meant you, you sunk in the sand. And so suddenly, you, it really favoured powerful runners who had black tennis, tennis racket style shoes. And so the, the race was dramatically different, but you couldn't see any of the footage because they didn't really, they didn't really think about how we're actually going to make something that is engaging. They were like, right, we'll take the money. So that's happened. So firstly, congratulations to Ryan. Amazing that he's won his first, first world champs at the age of, God knows, 34, let's say. Um, but we also have, um, you know, you know, we talked about Tom Pinnock from the Olympics, the BMXer who did incredibly, also a mountain biker, cyclist, who did incredibly well. There was talk of him going to, um, talk of him going to signing up to one of their sort of France teams, which I think he probably has. Now he has done a Ross, is it? And he's run what he thought was a, a 13.25 5K as his first 5K. <laughs> Posted on Strava. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure what he's done there because I think he probably is pretty quick, but I don't know how he's got it wrong. But it turns out he is now doubling down on that. He's pairing up with the Oregon Project, Nike. And he's going out there to train to see how fast he can do a 5K. Hey. Which is that going to be? Is it going to be? Uh, is he going to try it with or without assistance? I mean, I think he's he's probably going to be told he's fat that he needs to lose some weight and belittled him. <laughs> <laughs> Repeatedly, I'd imagine. I imagine, but. <laughs> But they probably in the legal in the UK, so he'd have to leave anyway. Yeah, well, he's, he's Team Ineos now, so they'll be watching to see. Oh, see what, what, an, what is it? Is this all sports washing stuff? It's everything related to sports washing. Yeah, it seems, well, it, it seems to be. And that comes up to another topic. But I can't wait to see what he actually does, because I think he will brain intensely he's clearly going to have an incredible engine um he's going to be light as hell and he'll have a good power to strength ratio it's just whether he can switch it to the legs but this will settle that debate of how fast the runners because so how fast are running a cyclist because that's the fear that always the fear is that because they can do so much more exercise than we can because their legs don't get trash that potentially they could be yeah. better than we are, which would be incredibly annoying because then the logical conclusion would be need to, we need to cycle more. Which if you look at the triathletes is, is what's been happening with people like Beth Potter and Alex, Alex, Alex um, 
So we're going to find out. But um, yeah, have you been watching? I've been loving Japanese tennis. Talking about whitewashing, the reverse is finally happening. We're actually getting. Oh, I've just realised. One second, I've got to turn my celeriac in the oven. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> the most middle class thing you'll ever hear on a podcast. One sec. <laughs> Well done, well done. I've, I've just been loving the fact that, that Peng Shui, you, you must know the full story. Have you been too too oh, much I in hibernation? Yeah, I heard about that. Is that um, the um, Chinese tennis star, um, she made some allegations against an official who uh, sexually assaulted her. It, it comes down to governing bodies to stand up to, you know, for political statements, for things like that. It comes down to political bodies the governing bodies who are all sponsored. And so ultimately, that's why they're still not athlete representatives at WADA. You know, there's all these issues still. Um, whereas I don't think this story is going to go away because unlike, uh, other, rather than this being about a country, this is about an individual who now everyone will be watching. Anytime that a Chinese tennis player plays, Anytime there's a tournament where they are there or they're not there, uh, this genuinely could be a, a, a watershed moment, I think, in, in the way that sports deal with politics, because we have an individual for a change um, who is a victim. And it's not just that they're a victim um, of a political system. You know, the, the allegations are horrific. It's really you know, absolutely nightmare situation to be in for her. A like, horrible situation to happen to her and then to be punished for it. And so I'm just so excited to see how this pans out because the media won't forget this. And China are so used to, we'll just distract you with something else. We'll try and do some kind of negotiation on some businessman or, and eventually people yeah. get, um, whereas this won't happen like that. And you know, this will remain like this could be something that everyone actually uses to to, to represent to, to to china look we're not accepting this anymore because a line needs to be drawn at some point so i'm i'm just thinking it's great and so i i can't wait to see how it pans out because it, it won't go away and i think they think it will i'm going to say that actually a lot more now um when they have they're, they're, they're talking about stories like this and they're talking about stories which focus on the individual um Global athlete, they they are referred to a lot more. Mm. They're certainly coming in. They're certainly starting to get their voice, aren't they? In terms of mm. actually, how, you know, some so a body that stands outside the, the these organisations or the national associations, um, or the you know the international associations, that actually that is starting to kind of you know have a, have a little bit of clout. The the thing I find really interesting though with with this is that you know. The, the part that government's playing this, like we like, I saw that news about the Chinese Winter Olympics mm. and the fact that we're like us and America, uh, we're not boycotting it, but we're doing a diplomatic boycott of it. Like we're not sending any officials there or something. Um, like who who even cares? Who even knows that? Like, I didn't really know officials went. Yeah. What they don't have to they don't have to put people up in VIP stuff anymore. Like, oh, it's like cost saving. How is that hurting them? 
Yeah, it's 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 like like don't don't just a full boycott or nothing. Yeah, people, it's just so disappointing how little bite there is with any of the intentions. And there's another example. So um, Francesco, who came on the podcast a couple of months back, Francesco Papi, who um, is a professional road runner, marathon runner, trail runner, mountain runner. He called out the um, the World Trail Series because the trail running championships is meant to be in Thailand and they've cancelled it for two years in a row now. And the instead of doing a world championships somewhere else, because they've got the contract with Thailand, they're just cancelling the event and waiting until they can do it in Thailand so they get money. And so Francesco's called them out and just said, like, this is you you don't realise what this what impact this has for athletes because this is their opportunity to prove to sponsors that they are worth the investment and also to actually grow followers to have something to aim for to have a purpose to um to to get exposure and you're just denying athletes the opportunity to do their jobs and it's 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 crazy given that it it is perfectly it has been perfectly um, possible to organize trail races over the last two years that they're Delaying it again for another year, so there's been I mean, two years crazy. without. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, it's great. Like you want to be organising it as soon as you possibly can. Thirty running, but well, it's not really great. Because like, I'm sure you want to race again. Some of the strictest. The time they've got some of the strictest um, uh, uh, COVID laws at the moment. So you know, and yeah. knowing that, knowing that when you're signing those contracts and you're in, in, and you're doing it, there must be. There must be something around that 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 allows you to get out of that contract or at least put that contract aside or at least, you know, or have a contingency. Was that contract signed before COVID? Yeah, I believe so. But it, it yeah, you, you just think, is this the, is this where we say, OK, that's your contract. So now it's time that we we move on and we have a different association. And we yeah. if you can't if you can't put a world champs on someone else will and I, I don't think there's enough cohesion within the trail running community for that to happen but it needs to really because you can't not have athletes compete when their their bonuses everything they they do is is tied into it um so yeah any any ideas from people or anyone from Thailand who's got an idea or, or, or who's involved in the trail running Ch- world champs committee or the the infrastructure let us know because I love the fact that Francesco called it out and, and that's why I like him as an individual actually he's someone who will actually just speak out and I don't think enough people do um, now I've got a lovely fun story for you do you know BJ Novak oh. So, do you know, do you know BJ Novak? No, I don't. It sounds really familiar. Wrong name. He plays Ryan. Great name. Yeah, he plays Ryan in the American Office. He's oh, also right, one okay, of the writers. Right. Okay. Now, I've the, the reason why I thought I'd bring I've this. Never watched. I've never, I've never watched American Office. It's brilliant. Nine ep- nine seasons. Nine plus, I think, that's, twenty that's, episodes that's each. And, no, it's every episode is fantastic. 
Is it's it? so good. Yeah. Yeah, it develops, it changes, it moves, it's brilliant. Even when they lose Michael Scott, the, the David Brent character, it remains brilliant. But the reason why I want to talk about this story is because we've in the past um, tried to find images of of someone called Smiley Aline, who was a um, a pretty kind of generic Western looking Chinese um, origined <laughs> female. Yes. Whose stock imagery was yeah. used in images everywhere. And so yeah. I went to, in fact, when I came back from the Golden Trail series, when I, the last airport I flew in, she was in. When I went to Iceland, she was used there. She's been used on a, a friend's brand, Vibe. She, she is, as soon as you know her face, you'll see her everywhere. It turns out, for some reason, BJ Novak, who is pretty famous you know he's one of the writers of the office and i think he's, he's yeah. probably become an executive producer at that level and he's been in the series pretty much throughout um at some point someone uploaded a picture of him onto a a free pictures uh database website and so now his image is starting to just appear all around the world <laughs> in these really weird things that he 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 didn't he didn't know why this was happening. So imagine that you've never intentionally modelled for anything. And so I'm just trying to think. Of, I'm just trying to find a list of some of the things. So he's, and I'll, I'll send you the link. So do bad if you're not out running, do Google it because he's got a he's got quite a good face for being like quite attractive everyman. That quite a good generic then... face. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like he's got he's not he's not drop dead gorgeous, but he's someone you think, oh yeah, you know, he's quite good looking. He he could be he could be Italian, he could be he's kind of he's not he's not threateningly non Aryan, shall we say. Um which is great for advertising. So um so he's been he's on hair clipper packaging, uh, razor packaging. He's been, he's now in a, a cologne advert in Sweden as the main face. He's used for the Euro, Uruguayan rainbow art face paint. He's the background face with it all painted over. And actually, it's great because people now go and just try and find pictures of, um, of, of Novak out there. And you can go and download it. And you, maybe I should use it for Caffeine Bullet. <laughs> he's oh yeah that's right there's another one where he's um he's used to in ponchos poncho bag <laughs> in uh, in mexico <laughs> but this is what we wanted to do we wanted to try and start with start this with our faces or our pictures or, or get doobadders to do it but i don't know if anyone ever took us up on that because i think it'd be amazing just to turn up in a random country or have someone you've never met just suddenly like hey mate do you know you're advertising textiles in Ethiopia or whatever it may be? But um, I thought I mentioned that. Textiles in Ethiopia. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I like the idea. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember of something of someone posting a photo on in, on Facebook once and ending up basically as the face of a supermarket in Poland. 
I can't I, I can't remember the exact story, but it it was hilarious. Like not even not even on a on a you know uploaded to a kind of a generic um, stock image site. It's like they took it the the agency that they used took this picture off their Facebook page, um, and you know and of course they were furious about it. Uh, but yeah, I, I love I love these stories. Now one thing that I so. You know when people say this is political correctness gone mad, and most of the time <laughs> it's perfectly acceptable. It's this one though I looked at and I thought this is quite strange. So I was watching the rugby, and yeah, what is the award they give the best player on at the end? What's the award they give the best player? Don't that isn't it like yeah? So that don't they give them, don't they just give them like man of the match? So, no longer give a man of the match award. They give a person right, of the match right. award. <laughs> but I don't understand why, because they're all male players, aren't they? They're all, it's not, I could understand, I could understand if it was like a mixed hockey game or a mixed netball game. And it was like person of the match award. But they're all, they're all men. And maybe I'm wrong in in, <laughs> in the, the he she all that thing, but I don't think I am. I think so. I just watched that. And like I don't understand who got angry at this or who's suddenly that progressive. That it like, never is. It's never anyone that's got angry at it. It's someone. It's someone who's doing. I always find it weird when like if you're going to swap words around, don't just do a straight swap. Like think of a different word. Yeah. Like you can't check man of the match works because there's a rhythm to it man of the match yeah it works because they change it to person yeah. of the match it just doesn't, it doesn't sound right it doesn't sound right it doesn't work you know there's certain yeah. things that work like chair, changing chairman to uh to, to i mean even chairperson's a bit weird but just turn it to chair for example you know yeah. it's just like yeah 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 is that also that person of person of the pitch person of the pitch like <laughs> it's not it's just Geezer of the I, game? I mean, just just performer, just performer. What's it called? Top performer or, or something like that. You don't need to. It's just it's a, it's just a weird like it, it hasn't given they haven't really given any proper thought to it. That um you you must have heard about that report that came out with the EU. They were they were trying to make the language um more inclusive and then they came out with this incredibly divisive report where they wanted to replace the words for men and women and all sorts of stuff um, of which one of instead of and there was something in there that I just thought was the stupidest thing ever and it was the word man-made and changing the word man-made <laughs> for the phrase human in you're like you cut out there you cut out, uh, what, what's the phrase human what or manufactured human induced human induced Human-induced is not the right word. Rather than man-made. Wow. You've, tried, you've basically got a thesaurus and you've tried to come up with two different words. Like, just don't use the term man-made. Just use, you know, um, you know uh, uh, manufactured or, or something like that rather than, oh, I don't know. Or do you, think, so do you think that's just the straight translation, though, that the problem is? It, do you think they've just translated into English a phrase that would make sense in... French or German or Italian, and that it's come out as induced. It's, it's like well, I don't, um, I don't know, can... because I think English is so, 
English is still an official language of the EU, isn't it? So, mm. yeah, that's weird because it's well. Remember we were talking about Ninka Brinkman, where in the first like big article about her, they called her chubby <laughs> because that was the translation of um, of like um, chubby faced, and you know, they actually meant like cherub faced, like um, young faced, and it oh, came out yeah, as chubby yeah. faced. Um, but she has. She just messaged last night, actually. She, she was interviewing her on Monday. And if you don't know who she is, do Ballard, she she turned up at the Golden Trail this year and from nowhere. She was a, a professional field hockey player and has just smashed trail running. So she's now, she's broken all these records. She, she did her first marathon. What do you reckon her time was? First road marathon. Oh, it's going to be something fucking ridiculous, like 3.15 or something. 226. Oh, what? Really? Yeah, her first marathon, she's now the fastest current Dutch marathon runner. That's just bonkers. Oh, my God. And I don't know what that, I don't know where that leads for, whether that now means, because she discovered trail, she's brilliant at trail, but she's still getting experience in running different terrains whereas she's now world championship qualified in the marathon you're like wow what a six months so i hope that she sticks with the trail and she continues competing there but it'll be i've I've never really i don't think we've ever had before someone who's actually had to make that choice so early on and so distinctively where because normally people are have People switch to trail or switch to ultra, having not even been bored or frustrated, not enjoyed. Whereas she, I can't think of many people that genuinely can go down either path and they can both be careers that they're, they're incredibly successful in. And whether she has to choose one path or the other, or whether she can almost wait for the Olympics. Um, yeah, so incredible. Um, in a first year, so we'll, we'll find out on Monday what our views are on all of this. Absolutely insane. And I've I've um I've introduced her to the the sports nutritionist who's the he's the LN running marathon team, and I was trying to get him on the podcast. He refused to come on because I he he said he doesn't want to be a big name. He doesn't want to be talking about nutrition because the clients he deals with, people like Kipchoge. And um, and the like. He doesn't want to be sharing their data, their experiences, his expertise with anyone else. But he won't come on the podcast because he wants to remain an a relatively unknown name. Really? Never been turned down for that before, but I I really respect that. I say, you know, you t- he does realise that this is the Bad Boy Running podcast. He's going to come on the podcast. He can, <laughs> he's going to very much remain an unknown. <laughs> yeah, true. true. Yeah, there's not a worry on that. Um, it's, there's, no, it's no, there's no danger, man, of like of you being famous after this. Don't worry. <laughs> Although you might lose your contracts <laughs> for, for other reasons. And have you I seen mean, also what the... the fuck? Like, what, what, but what does he think? I mean, the key thing is, come on the podcast and then don't say anything that's sensitive. Like, does he not trust himself? 
Oh, I can't help it. I just as soon as I get as soon as I get in the flow, I just end up shouting out secrets. Yeah, well, I guess it would be, would be hard to to know where the line is of of what. And and maybe you want your clients to pay for that knowledge rather than giving it all away for free. Because I I really wanted to, him to come on and talk about Super Sapiens, the the app and the the um, glucose monitor because I still haven't quite got my head around it. And um, I know Jake Smith's been using it and, and INEOS and some of the NN Marathon team have been using it. So I wanted to speak to someone who was a nutritionist who actually could honestly talk about whether it is all hype and or, or whether actually it's just data that's confusing that doesn't actually lead to improvements or lead to change. But um, so if anyone else knows someone who's involved in Super Sapiens or has used it, um, has some views on it. I'd love to just get them on and to hear what they think. So it's, it's a glucose monitor where it, it it actually, you put it in you pretty much. You know, when you, you see about these, there's, there's, there's this dystopian combination of human and computer together. So have a yeah. quick look. <laughs> but these are, um, it's got a a prong on the end of the equivalent of say a a caffeine patch or a nicorette patch but with a, oh, yeah. a metal probe that you push into your arm so it actually becomes one with you and um, the idea is that that's, you... that's the most frightening thing i've ever heard <laughs> And so the the idea is that you can then constantly glucose monitor. I should have asked Tim Noakes about this to see what his views were, given his views on. on he's got some, some really, like, that's what the discussion went into between him and Rini uh, about the glucose in the system and, and whether you do need carbs or whether you just need to ensure your glucose levels don't drop. So, yeah, you push it into you. But so the, the idea is you know if you're underfueling or how easily it can be used but that's the idea but how much do you think it costs 200 quid 40 euros a week 40 euros a week so yeah this is insane it costs um 150 euros for a um for two biosensors but then if to do a, a 10 week program you need five biosensors to so to get their training program it costs you 435 euros and you get five biosensors for that so the biosensors last two weeks each does it make that much of a difference like really i mean how God. but if you if you look at the the drop-off rates of, of kipchoge and things it, it, like there i I don't get the sense, and maybe I'm wrong on this, I don't get the sense that fueling is is, is any longer a, a limiting factor. Um, and if it is, it's it's more about how much your body can sustain rather than how much you're putting in. Because yeah. with things like Morton's and, and the like, people are putting in so much fuel compared to how they used to even five years ago. So that's why that's what I want to understand, because it's so much money. Uh, it's it's Iron Man level of money, but it, it seems that it it's mainly professional athletes who are using them. 
And so um, yeah. if anyone else knows of someone who is a professional nutritionist, who truly understands the implications of this. I'd love to understand why, like how, how it can cost that much and, and what the value is and whether this is something that in the future our watches will be able to do with less accuracy, but actually with the same effectiveness. Um, yeah, and then last one in the news just while it's there, uh, Armored Arbery, Jim Arbery, do you remember uh, Armored who was killed when he was out running, he was shot? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, you're talking about the, um, the, uh, the, the verdict. Yeah, brilliant news um, that they've they've been charged with murder, um, which is, I think, if that hadn't happened, would have been, well, I... But it's another, it's, a, it's almost like another kind of Rodney King type moment, isn't it? It's... Yeah. You know, another, another sort of nail in the coffin of justice for... Um, for, for minorities in the US um, and but, but yeah but justice has has played out as it should yeah and and the prosecutor said they tried to unlawfully confine and detain Armored without legal authority they did not see him commit any crime it was not a citizen's arrest they are not law enforcement officers they are not in a marked patrol car they are not there with badges on their arm they are not in a uniform without legal authority they chased him in an F one five pickup um and killed him so yeah the like that is obviously no good news will come of this story but that is the fairest the most just ending to it hopefully um yeah so that's the kind of things i thought we're up to we're up to date on oh I'm guessing you haven't done much or seen much, given you've been in bed the whole time just trying to survive. I haven't. I haven't. All I've done, I've really, for me, um, I haven't really been caught up on news because I've pretty much either been asleep or um, or kind of contemplating um, my own weakness. Um, but do you know oh. what? The, the, I, I have there. There are there are there are some bits of news actually that um, that uh, are related to my body. Which actually, I realised that um, as a result of lying in bed for that amount of time, that actually I am numb down one side of my foot, um, which I hadn't really noticed before, uh, which is a bit worrying. Um, it's like completely numb um, on my right foot, which I think I need to get that checked out. So I'm going yeah. to a podiatrist. Uh, I don't know whether that's a podiatrist thing. I've never been to podiatrist before, actually. I should have gone much sooner. But yeah, one side of my foot, I'm totally numb. And it actually goes up to, to, to the top of my ankle as well. Completely numb, uh, which is slightly worrying. And then on the other side of my foot... You think uh, that no, must be gout linked, you'd think, or related, given well, your past history? Well, it's certainly... I, I, it's really weird because you know since since I had gout, um, we have heard various things about gout. Of which one thing was you know about the uh, the athlete who left his um, compression sock on, and because that the circulation lack of circulation caused him to get gout. And now, mm. like if you read anything about gout, circulation just isn't a thing. Like it's not a it's not a trigger for it. Yet he saw that as a trigger, and the doctor who he was working with identified it as a trigger. And so lack of circulation in my feet would, I mean, it, it, it seems to um, 
to to make sense. So I, why quite um, there's a there's a lack of circulation uh, in my feet. I don't know, um, which is weird. So I'm, I'm I'm getting that checked out. But then on my other foot, I'm in I'm in just pain down one side, and I don't really understand. And it wasn't really till. I was kind of coming out of um, my COVID uh, stupor that I really realised that my feet aren't feeling as they're supposed to feel. Um, I'm so I'm so used to looking at how mashed up the the toenails are on them that I don't really think about what happens underneath them or the side of them. But yeah, I'm completely numb on one side, which your feet shouldn't be that. Um, so yeah, so I. But, <laughs> I, but so next time I speak, it, it's on. Well, I'm, I'm seeing a podiatrist or two with issues, so that is something to tune in for, do badders. Will we be running in the next year or not? Because um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know what 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 sport will we be doing? Will this be bad boy swimming uh, in 2022? And given that you've got a sub four marathon and an Ironman still to complete, we need you back fast training. We can do those well. Um, I did have other races that I was doing, and I've, I've, like in the last like uh, sort of forty eight hours, I've, uh, I've cancelled them all because uh, I just don't, I just don't think I'm, I'm even going to be close to, 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 to being there. I, I think I'm going to be, <laughs> it's going to be touch and go whether I even make it to the, um, to the national running show. Uh, yeah, I, that's why wow, that's okay. my, that's my goal at the moment. Um, yeah, get into that. Well, if anyone's got any advice for JD, do let us know, because actually, oh, and um, well, we're Christmas party tomorrow. We won't be seeing you there, but um, I think that's a depressing end to a, a bad stuff. Exactly. <laughs> hey, wait, it's not depressing because I'm back. That's, that's You're back, what, it's true. That, surely, surely, there, surely there's so much joy there. And there'll be someone online who goes, fucking, it was better without JD. Uh, and so, th- and so <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, yeah. But do bad. If you've got any suggestions of future guests to get on, let us know. We've, we've got some absolutely, some of the interviews coming up in the, in the next five, six weeks are brilliant. We've got uh, Jim Warmsley coming on. We've mentioned Tim Next part two. We've mentioned uh, Martin Dickey, the founder of Brewdog. We've got uh, Christopher McDougall, who was the um, the writer of Born to Run. All of those interviews have been absolutely incredible. So do let us know if there's anyone else of that stature or someone just fun or different that you want us to get on, and we'll go out and get them. And if you could review us, we still don't have a review from Norway or France. And oh my God. if you're in a if you're in a country where no one else is reviewing, you will be the voice. You will be the the sole representative of what people think of the podcast. So you have a huge amount of power in your hands. So please, please do review. Um, and Jenny, anything you'd like to throw into the mix? No, just to go to the Facebook group. I have no idea what's going on in the Facebook group. So like, it might have all collapsed. It's probably no one's even noticed. I'm not in there, or anyone's in there. So, but uh, head to Facebook. Go to. Um, uh, bad boy running podcast answer three questions and join we have we do actually have someone who uh is making the effort to actually win a mug so uh, i'm going to announce that at the next uh, the next bad stuff um the winner of the first uh, social media mug competition um and hopefully more people <laughs> will be doing it 
And a last bit of feedback from one of the do bads. Thanks to Mac, Max Roger. Um, so we were talking with Guillaume Millet about fatigue. And I'd asked a question, which I can't remember what it was now, but he's replied saying, I'm listening to episode 312 on the science of fatigue. He talks about how females show less fatigue when using the test, where they go to maximal voluntary contraction, um, then are stimulated with an electric shock. So he, so the the idea was that there was there was a thought process that potentially females fatigue less because of um, their response to this test. But he was saying actually, your listeners might want to know that this is actually likely to be due to a physiological uh, physiology of motor recruitment. In general, males are more efficient at being able to recruit their muscle fibres when compared to females. To mean that they show less of a difference when they receive the electricity than the females and would skew the results, showing they fatigue more than females. The theory is that the females don't fatigue less, they just aren't, weren't able to recruit their muscles to the, their true cap capacity in the first place. This theory is based on literature and years of training athletes, but it is just a generalization. There may be many female athletes that are more efficient than males at muscle recruitment. So um, hope that's been enlightening for you. If you're wondering how well you recruit your muscles, at the end of something like UTMB. But thanks to that, Max. Um, that is far more knowledgeable than we will ever. So, uh, <laughs> but do bad. If you've got any other feedback like that, the message is letters at badboyrunning.com. Message me about guest David Act or on Instagram. And we will see you next time. See you later. But a bye, 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 bye. But a bye, 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 bye. bye, bye, bye. Fuck you, buddy.